0: This is this is an amazing passage, and I've been looking forward to uh, looking at this as a church family for a long time. Ephesians four one to six. It's so central to the vision of church that we have Um, and we're going to be doing an Ephesians series later in the year so we'll get to look at this in more depth and detail later in the year but for today I'm going to be looking at this passage through the lens of growth and growing in Christ and what that means. So let's pray as we come to God's word. Lord God we thank you that you are a God who speaks to us, Lord, that you give us truth and guidance and wisdom that we need for life. And we pray that you would speak to us by your spirit now through your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're doing our 2020 Vision series, and just a little bit of a revision, um, if you've uh, been tracking with us, or if you're new here, so that we're all on the same page. Our vision as a church is being a people of God, growing in Christ, reaching out with the gospel until he returns. We did Until He Returns, and we looked at Revelation 21, and we saw Jesus... um, as uh, the groom and us as the bride is God's vision, the ultimate vision of the end of human history, the end of the world as we know it. Um, and it's going to be a great celebration of God's people coming to God as his bride. The next image was a city. Um, we we're going to be a holy city, a, a city of peace. And all of this was about knowing God and God being present with us, once again enjoying God's presence and blessing. And it, we saw that that vision of um, the future hope of a world of no more tears, no more suffering, no more viruses, no more death, is the sure and certain hope, a sure as can be because it's based on the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Next we saw that our vision is that we're called to be a people of God. And the image was from 1 Peter chapter 2, where we saw that um, we are like living stones being built into a spiritual house. That God is doing something significant throughout the world, building a people who um, are his special chosen people, calling people to himself, many people, to know him and to do his work in the world. And today we look at growing in Christ. Growing in Christ. As a people, we are called to grow in Christ. Now, everything grows. Uh, Plants grow. Uh, You see a seed and it sprouts and it grows into a full-grown plant. Even a great tree was one day a tiny seed. And Jesus gives an example of a mustard seed. He says the kingdom of God is like this mustard seed that you plant and then it's such a small seed, but then it grows into a, a a big plant, surprisingly big. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like that. It grows, and the growth is surprising. It's bigger than you would expect. People grow, and we start out as tiny, helpless babies, very cute, like we saw today with uh, um, with both Sarah and Theodore. Um, and we grow um, from childhood. Uh, we grow to adulthood. And we grow older. We pass through all the generations. This just, just happens to us, right? It's involuntary. We don't have to work at it. It just happens. But with other, what about other aspects of growth besides our physical growth? They don't just happen to us, do they? We need to work at them, growing mentally, uh, academically, growing emotionally, socially, spiritually. These things are essential to our purpose as human beings. We are made to grow. But unlike our physical growth, it's not an involuntary process. We have to work at it. What does this mean in our vision to grow in Christ? How do we practically do this? And today from God's word, God shows us three things. Uh, The source of growth, the goal of growth, and the means of growth. So let's have a look at them. The source of growth. Firstly, we see the source of growth is spiritual life. Uh, We can't have growth without life, and we can only receive this spiritual life from God. And in this passage, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, it gives a picture of how this spiritual life comes from God the Father, through Jesus the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. You can read with me in First Ephesians 4.1, As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling which, with which you were called. Now, you might be, if you're following along in the NIV, it will say with the calling you have received. But literally in the Greek, it's called, in the calling with which you were called. It's emphasizing this calling. In four to six, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to, to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. God is the source of life, and you can see how in this passage it highlights one spirit the Holy Spirit, one Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, one God and Father of all, God the Father, that all the persons of the Trinity of God are working together to give us life, to connect us with that life that we have only through God. So we can we can only grow with this spiritual life from God. And you notice this emphasis on calling. Calling mentioned twice in verse 1, calling mentioned twice in verse 4. This calling, you were called, you were called, you were called, you were called. And this is that gospel call, that message of the good news of Jesus that the Ephesians have received. And back in Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about how um, it says... Uh, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Because but because of God's great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. So the receiving of the gospel is being brought from death to life. It's an amazing thing. You know, uh um, your computer, if you don't have it plugged in for enough time, it will run out of power. Um, It will power down and it will be a useless piece, very expensive piece of metal and plastic, but completely useless, right? It will do nothing of any good. It can just sit there and look really good, but it's basically a decoration if it doesn't have power. A flower cut off from the source of life will dies. It will last a little while, um, but it will die. And in the same way we're told that cut off from God, we are spiritually dead. It's a confronting thing to hear, but we hear that that's why Jesus came. because we are cut off from God, God steps into our world 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus. God becomes a man. He walks around the dusty streets after being born in this uh, this lowly stable with the animals and placed as a baby in a feeding trough. He experiences the suffering and pain that we experience. But he shows his divine power over sickness, over suffering, over death by doing miracles that are recorded in history that were witnessed by thousands. And ultimately, he goes to die on the cross because that is the way that we can be right with God, that all of our guilt, all of our sins are taken away by his death. Our judgment fell on him so that we can no longer be cut off from God, but can come to God and be reconnected with God, the source of all life and all goodness, the source of our spiritual life and growth. You know, it shouldn't surprise us that God is the source of growth. Uh, God's the source of all things, right? Uh, If you know anything about God, though, it should completely amaze you that the supreme, sovereign creator and ruler of all things, the infinite, immortal God, the one who spoke the stars into being, the one who holds everything together by the power of his word, will get personal and come into our world to rescue you and me. That God came down to this world of fear and suffering and viruses and got infected so that we might be healed. You know, when um, a religious leader came to Jesus. Um, He was asking, I guess, the ultimate question in spiritual growth. How can I enter the kingdom of God? That's the end goal, right, of spiritual growth. And Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. And then that famous passage, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So spiritual life is the source of growth And God is a source of spiritual life. So I want to ask you, have you responded to God's call, the gospel call? Have you come to God through Jesus? It's not too late to do that right now. And just say, Lord God, I know that I'm cut off from you because of my sin. I know that I'm not perfect, that I failed and I don't deserve your love. Please forgive me through Jesus. I want to have this gift of life that you give. So. That's point one. The source of growth. The source of growth is spiritual life, and it only comes through being connected with God through Jesus. Uh, point number two is the goal of growth. The goal of growth, not surprisingly, is actually to be like Jesus, individually, uh, interpersonally, and collectively. So we we see this um, in Ephesians 4 verse 13. It, it says until We're going to do this until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Uh, Rather, um, and, and and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. You know, um, if you didn't grow like you grew physically but in not other ways, um, you would keep acting like a baby, right? Uh, you would imagine like a 20-year-old a acting like a baby, or a forty-year-old, or a sixty-year-old, it's quite disturbing, isn't it? You know, like babies, they can um, they can like smear themselves in their food and throw their food all over the floor, and no one will no one will care, right? I mean, your your parents will be upset, at that. they'll be going, "Oh no!" Like, look at all the work I have to do now. But you cut them some slack because that's expected behavior for a baby. But if I was to do that. <laughs> Um, it, you know, it would be seriously alarming, right? That would be wrong behaviour. Um, and in the same way, if we uh, don't start showing signs of spiritual growth, emotional growth, and growth to maturity as people, uh, there's something wrong. Uh, um, we'll be like infants. And the the key example that, Um, we see here is that um, infants are blown around by every wind of teaching and easily deceived. So a key sign of this maturity, this fullness of Christ, is being able to discern between right and wrong, not being fooled by false teaching, being able to see through the lies and deceptions of the world that can be so subtle, the hype and the propaganda of everyone pushing their agenda and using um, clever arguments to get across their point of views and to shape uh, your worldview in the ways of their thinking. We need to be uh, wise and grow to maturity to be able to see through all these false and clever arguments of the world. We need to be careful too that we um, that we grow to maturity, that we don't re- remain immature because I guess the picture is saying that it's dangerous to do so. It's dangerous not to grow. We need to be pursuing this goal of growth which is... Um, to become like Christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting lig- ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work so the goal is to be like Christ not only internally but together relationally in our relationship with others and together as a church growing and building ourselves up in love 2 Corinthians um, 3.18 says this, uh, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I think that's an amazing passage, and it shows us that, that image that we saw of God coming down to the world in Jesus, living a life uh, on this planet of suffering and um, fear and pain and death, is actually the, the path for us also to follow. And we all, with unveiled faces, who we, as we see God represented in Jesus... Contemplate the Lord's glory, and we're being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. If I tried to become more like uh, anyone else, it would you would be concerned about me, right? If I said, "Hey." I really want to be like Gavin because he's such a legend, and um, we all agree that Gavin is a legend. You know, and, and, but you would be a bit concerned about me, wouldn't you? You'd say, Andrew, Gavin is great. Yeah, I get that. I want to be like Gavin too, but but you shouldn't want to be like someone else. You know, you've got your own gifts. Um, but the thing is, when we want to, when we look, get to be more like Jesus it doesn't make us lose ourself. It makes us more and more the person that we were meant to be. As we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, we're not losing our identity. We're free to become our truest selves and find our real identity. I find myself truly be- by becoming more and more like Jesus. I only learn who I really am as I learn to walk in his footsteps that's how we discover who we really are that's how we become the people that we were made to be because it's in following god's pattern for our lives that brings out our uniqueness and our individuality thirdly we're going to look at the means of growth The means of growth, and I guess this is where it gets practical. And the means of growth, this this beautiful passage from Ephesians four says, is our gifts that God gives us, which are for others, and the gifts God gives others, which are for us. So let's take a look at it. Um, But to each one in verse seven. And following. But to each one of us, God, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took, cap, took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip his people. For works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. You know, you might be expecting it here to say, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to do the work of building up the church. He doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't say that. It says to equip his people, everyone, for works of service to equip his people the church literally in greek here it's that he his hagioi which means his holy ones and in the old niv it was translated saints but because that was because catholic, the catholic church has this way of canonizing saints after they like people who are supposed to have done a miracle they want to go oh that's going to be misunderstood we have to use a different word we say uh, his people it's saying Emphasizing that holy people, those people who have been called by God to equip His holy people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's all of us, isn't it? That's all of us, everyone. So, um, when it talks about gifts, what do you think of? Do you think of the the gift, like the box? Or do you think of, like the kid in the gifted and talented class? <laughs> um, you know, like uh, I know you're probably all in the gifted and talented class. Uh, you're all um, gifted, but like uh, you know, good Chinese culture, you play it down. You don't want them to get a big head and get like think too much of themselves. No, 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 you're not gifted. You're not gifted. Um, <laughs> Well, these gifts from God are kind of like both. They're kind of like they're kind of like the gift in the box. It's a gift, it's a present that you receive, but they're also like a gift, of a talent that you use, that you use to for good purpose to serve others. You know, I once heard a wise person say of money and of relying on God financially: God can get it to you if God can get it through you. God can get it to you if God can get it through you. And you get the idea, right? God can provide for our needs. God owns everything. God can provide for our needs if we are going to be using what God gives us for his purposes, for his kingdom, for his glory. And using his, his gifts wisely. I think it's the same with these gifts for building up of the church, these gifts of talents and abilities. That God can gift you... And give you the talents and abilities you need. If God can uh, get you using those gifts where you should, where they're needed. And some people, you know, ask me, well, you know, how do I know what my gifts are? Or um, well, why do I have these interests and abilities? Well, the best way to find out, I think, is to look around you in God's church, in God's kingdom, in the community, and see where are the needs and start serving. And often you'll find that God has already gifted you or that God will gift you with what you need to meet those needs that you see around you. God gifts his people to build up his people Do you know how many muscles that you need just to use your hand or how many parts of your brain and your nerves are are, are working just to move your hand or to run? Um, Your whole body is working together, heart, lungs, brain, nervous system, muscles, or to play badminton. There's a lot going on for your whole body to work together. And as a church, we are one body with one head who is Christ. Do you get that? We are one and we are meant to function as one body, all working together in perfect coordination and harmony. And who is it that's supposed to direct us in what we do, in how we live, in how we um, act, and speak it's the Lord Jesus Christ who coordinates us who directs us so are you uh, a cell that is listening to the messages coming from the brain or are you a cell that's uh, just shutting off the messages that is coming from the brain and being a dysfunctional body part God calls us to work together to accomplish his aims and purposes in the world that is what church is a dynamic group of people who together make up the body of Christ. You know, we live in a consumer society, so there's always a danger that we'll come to church as consumers. That will leave us dry and barren. We won't grow. It's um, as, as you're responding to God in obedience, using your gifts to serve others, that you will grow. And that's when you'll be most fulfilled. If you come to church as a consumer, you'll leave unfulfilled. But if you come to church as a collaborator, as a um, not as a consumer, but as a contributor, then you will find, ironically, as you give, you are more fulfilled. As you serve you are more fulfilled. And it makes sense because that's how the body works. If you're part of the body, you have a role in the body and you fulfil that role and it brings fulfilment and health to you and to every other part of the body. So do you come to church as an event you attend or a body you are part of? Let's finish um, by looking at this last little passage, which is kind of the foundation for it, uh, for how we grow. As Not just, I guess, by using our gifts and working together as a body, but um, getting a little bit more specific in, in verses 2 and 3. It says, Be completely humble and gentle. Humility is the foundation of being able to grow, recognising our smallness, not being pushy for what we want. Um, hearing God's call and God's instruction and responding to that. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And you see here we're moving from the individual through to the interpersonal. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And here we've gone beyond the interpersonal relationship to this uh, collective working together. So we could draft this like this. We can work on our individual growth. Things like prayer Praying with God, Bible reading, listening to good podcasts um, that are bringing God's truth to us, Um, working on our own um, personal spiritual growth, working through issues that we face, this individual personal growth within ourselves. And this is a really important aspect of our growth. Um, But the next level is our relational growth, how are, we, how are we at relating to others? Treating others as better than ourselves, seeking the needs of others, building others up, being others-focused, not just self-focused. How are we at um, being loving in our relationships with others and practically putting that into practice? And then thirdly is actively reaching out together that we will grow God's kingdom, grow the church. This is where it moves beyond personal growth, beyond interpersonal relationship growth to growth as the body of Christ, working together in synergy. I think this is where it gets uh, really exciting. And you can see how unity... Unity and maturity is the key and the framework for all of this. So when you look in the mirror, as in an individual, do you see yourself growing in Christ-likeness? What steps do you have to put in place to grow this week to be more like Christ? What things do you have to put away? What things do you have to take on? As you look at your relationships... And as you think about how do we as a church reflect Christ in the world, how do we grow to be like Christ, to be the real hands and feet and body of Christ in this time and this place in our community? So with coronavirus, it might look different. We have to stay tuned for the regulations that are coming. Um if there are more changes to be made, but it doesn't change our vision and our goal that we are to be a people growing in Christ. If it means we have to move to more uh, encouraging people more online, well, maybe that's an opportunity we need to take, or meeting in smaller groups. Maybe that's an opportunity we need to take, and we'll see where God leads each step of the way. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you give us the growth, that you give us spiritual life, that we come to you through Jesus, that you are the source of growth. And Lord, thank you that in Christ we see the goal of our growth to become like you. And Lord, that um, in Christ, through the body and through these gifts that you give us by your spirit, you give us the means of growth, that we grow individually, collectively and um, interpersonally as members of the body of Christ, that this is the place of growth and that this gives us the, the power for growth. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.